Hello and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for this lesson in our series, Who I Am, where we'll be studying the book of John and where we see that John is writing these things to everyone so they might believe and that in believing they might have life. In this awesome book where John presents the Messiah Jesus as God, we'll see lots of key truths and great application that we can apply to our own life. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. In our Bibles, there we go. Let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 9. If you guys remember last week, we looked at the sixth sign that Jesus performed. And what did he do? He healed a blind man, a man that was born blind, which is very important. He was born blind. He healed him. And then uh, he went around and he told people around him. They figured out that he was uh, blind and now he saw. And then they took him to the Jewish leaders. And the Jewish leaders were like, you know, how did you receive your sigh? And remember, it was done on what day? A Sabbath day. Okay, so it was done on Sabbath day. So the Jewish leaders were a little bit angered by that. Today we're going to look at the rest of this account uh, with the man born blind. And we're going to see the man born blind, how he stands strong. uh, And, I mean... I think we can take example from him because he's, he's standing strong. He, he gives God credit, and he's like not fearing these, these Jewish leaders or the people around him. And he really just upholds truth. And it's something that we can do in our friend groups or in the world around us. Um, we can take example, I think, from him uh, because he is, he is very uh, – he, he stands alone very well, I think. Okay, And so I have a, a story to start out with. Okay, I – I know. <laughs> yeah, as soon as math comes up, no. So I was uh, I was like a straight-A student in high school and college and all that, okay? Uh, so I didn't really need to cheat, okay? And I, and I didn't cheat from almost everything. But there's this one time, okay? This one time that I did, and it was, it was on math. And I was in high school, and I was in some sort of advanced math, whatever. I don't even know, like trig or something dumb. I mean, math's really not dumb. But it was something like that where it was like it was a lot of work to do the homework so like you know what I mean like I had to write out like my teacher would make me like write out every single problem and by this point because it's like I can't remember if it was calc or trick but by this point you're like writing it out and it's like a whole page that you're writing out this stupid one math problem and you know you have like 30 of these things you got to get done and so it was a lot of work uh, to write all this out and I was talking with one of my uh, one of my classmates okay and I, I was homeschooled but I, this was like a class of like 15 people that I was going to and I was talking with one of them, and they were like, oh, you do the homework? And I was like, what do you mean I do the homework? Yeah, I do the homework. And I'm like, oh, you, you know, like, they, there's this little book that you can just, back then we didn't have as much, you know, we didn't have phones and stuff like that. So there's books instead, cheat books instead of cheat online stuff. So she's like, there's this little book, you, you know, and it has all the answers, like, written out. And that's what I do. I just <coughs> copy all that. I was like, that is so bad that you would do that. And, uh... I started thinking about it as I got home and as I started working on my homework and I was writing all these long things out. And I ended up uh, using that to cheat, okay, for my homework. And this story has zero climax because I never got caught. Okay, I got convicted, though. I got convicted. And I got conviction from the Holy Spirit and I had to take care of it. But I never got caught or anything. But the point of that story is, you know, when people around you are doing things, it's a lot easier to follow along with them and do it too you know whether it's wrong or not and this guy whether it's like fear 
or whether it's laziness, or what, in my case, it was more laziness than fear. I wasn't like afraid of what they were going to think of me if I didn't cheat, but I was I was lazy about it. And sometimes because of fear, because of laziness, or because of something something else, we kind of give in and do what others around us are doing. Um, but this guy, this man born blind, he doesn't do that. Okay, so today our question is: Do we stand up and stand for truth in the world around us, or do we stand? Uh, when others around us are not doing what they should be doing? Are we able to stand alone? Okay, which is an important thing. We're going to see the example of this guy. So let's look at the whole passage. We're going to read verses 17 all the way through 39. Okay, So follow along with me. We want to get the whole story. Remember, Jesus healed this guy. He put clay on his eyes, had him wash. He came back seeing. The people around him didn't believe that it could actually happen. So then they take him to the Jewish leaders who were mad because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. Okay? So now he's in front of the Jewish leaders. Okay? And um, at the very end of that last verse, verse 16, it says, And there was a division among them. So some, some of these leaders were like, Hey, uh, you know, this, this guy, uh, Jesus, that did the sign on the Sabbath, you know, that's wrong. We need to get rid of him. And some of them were like, Well, you know, how. You know, if he's healing people and is, and, you know, and he's doing right and he's doing good and, and all that, like how, how is this bad, right? And so this is verse 17. Let's look at it. So they said to the blind man, these are the Jewish leaders, they, the blind man's still in front of them. So they say to the blind man again, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And he said, he is a prophet. So the blind man says he's a prophet. Then the Jews, okay, the Jews then did not believe it of him that he had been born blind and that he had received his sight until they called his parents, the parents of the very one who received his sight. And they questioned them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? Then now how does he see? And his parents answered them and said, We do not know, or sorry, we do know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him, he is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be the Messiah, Jesus, they're talking about Jesus, to be the Messiah or the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So a second time they called the man who had been born blind and said to him, give God glory. We know that this man is a sinner, talking about Jesus. This Jesus is a sinner. That's what they say. So in verse 25, the blind man answers, Whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. So they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he said to them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You do not want to become his disciples too, do you? And they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he is or where he's from. And the man answered and said to them, Well, here's an amazing thing, that you don't know where this man comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing, he does his will, and he hears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone has opened the eyes of a person who is born blind. If this man was not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you teaching us? So they put him out. And Jesus heard that they had put him out, and finding him, they said, 
Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and he is the one talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. All right, let's pray, and then we'll start. Dear God, we just come before you and thank you for this day you've given to us. Just pray that you would... Uh, help us to understand your word and look at it and, and see it and see the truth from your word. Um, I just pray that we would glorify and honor you through everything we say, do, and think, and that we would stand strong in a, in a uh, world that uh, is, is holy against you, God. And we love you, and we pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as we start this passage, the first thing we're going to look at is that we can emulate from this guy, or we can like look at it and say, I can do what he's doing is that he gives God the credit, okay? Now, remember, does he know, what does he know about this Jesus guy that healed him? Did he ever see him? No, no he never saw him. Did he, really, did he talk with him very much? No, because after he was healed, he never actually got to interact with Jesus yet. But he will in a minute. So he doesn't know a lot about this guy, but he gives God the credit because he knows that God opens his eyes. Okay, And, and really, he does this throughout the whole passage, but look at verse 17. This is where you can really see it. Okay, It says, So they said to him, the Jewish leader said to the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And the man says, He is a prophet. Okay, Now, Jesus isn't, isn't a prophet in a sense because he's Messiah, right? So like you could say, well, this guy is not speaking the truth here. But remember, this guy hasn't been even presented with the knowledge of the fact that Jesus, the guy who healed him, is the Messiah yet. He will in just a second, and he believes. But at this point, he just knows that God heals him. So when he says prophet, the prophet, what does that indicate? He's from that he's from God. Okay, this guy from God healed me. So he's giving, so he's giving God credit right there. Okay, and uh, just by saying that the prophet, that implies it's from God. Okay, and so we need, uh, the first way we can emulate this, okay, by giving God glory is by praising and thanking God in the little things. And I have two stories as examples. Okay, first one's a skateboard story. Okay, and these are little ways. Okay, I haven't been. I don't know about you, but Jesus didn't cover my eyes with mud and then heal me. Okay, from being born blind. But God does a lot of things in my life, and sometimes those things are easy. To share, but more times than not, it's kind of hard to share those things for some reason. Okay, and the first the first story I want to share is about me when I was probably like ten. I don't know how many of you guys are ten. Let me see the ten year olds. Let me see the eleven year olds. Raise your hand. I think I was probably like eleven. Okay, I was probably like ten, eleven, somewhere in there. And I saw this skateboard at Walmart. Okay, how many of you guys have ever seen something at like Walmart or somewhere else, and you're like, I gotta have that. I gotta have that, okay? Yes, all of us, right? So I saw the skateboard, and for some reason, I was like, I gotta have that skateboard. That's like my skateboard. And of course, uh, when you're 12, 13, you know, usually you know exactly how much money you have, right? And I knew I had, I don't know how much it was, but let's say it was $10.36. I mean, I knew it down to the cent, how much money I had. The problem was, if I had $10.36, the skateboard was like $25, okay? So what do you do when you don't have enough money and you're there with your dad at Walmart and you want something? You ask your dad to buy it for you, right? So I was like, Dad, can you buy me the skateboard? He said, no, I'm not buying you that skateboard. And so I was like, man, I, want, I really want that skateboard. So my dad's like, okay, listen, if you want that skateboard, you need to pray and ask God to give you the skateboard. And if he wants you to have it, 
then he'll he'll make a way for you to have it. If he doesn't, then he won't. Okay, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. So I started praying. And I, I don't remember how long I prayed for, but I prayed and prayed for, you know, a week or whatever. I don't know. It probably felt like years and years because I was, you know, really, when you really want something, it feels like you need it right now, right? And so <clears throat> eventually we go back to Walmart, okay? And, of course, I want to go look at the skateboard. So my dad lets me go look at the skateboard. And I go over there, and it's on sale for $10.36. I mean, it was like, you know how sometimes Walmart has those weird sales that it's like, this even down to the cents, it's kind of weird, like $10.45. Like, that's how it was, but it was like the exact amount of money I had, okay? Now, I don't know, I didn't understand tax back then, okay? I don't know if it was right on with the tax or without the tax, but... It was right on how much I had, okay? And God answered that prayer. Now, the reason I share that story is because there's been time periods in my life and crowds of people that I've been in where for some reason I did not want to share that story and I especially did not want to share that that it was God that did it and I thought that it was God that did it because I thought it would embarrass me, okay? And there's probably been stories like that in your life too where you're like, in front of certain crowds maybe or in front of certain people it's like yeah I could share that and I could share that that's from God but then other crowds you're like I don't know that I really want to share that that's like I think that, that God did that I don't know you know what I mean it kind of makes you feel kind of embarrassed okay there's another more modern day example okay I've uh, I've been teaching like lessons like this for a really long time so the first one I ever remember teaching was when I was 12 okay so how many of you are 12 Okay, so I was your age. Okay, I was 12 years old, and we had a four, big Fourth of July thing, and there were 300 people there. Okay, and my dad said I needed to give a devotional, a little lesson. Okay, it was probably like two, 30 seconds long. I don't even remember. But I, I got up and I did that, and ever since then I've been teaching. But one thing about when you're, when you're young and you, and you get up and you do like a lesson or something, afterwards all the old people, they come up and they're like, you did such a good job. Even if it was terrible, right? Because they want you to feel good about yourself. And so, like, man, you did such a good job. You did so. And for some reason, to this day, it is very hard for me to say, oh, it was all God. Okay? Not because I don't think it was, but for some reason, I think that people will think I'm weird if I say that. Come on in, guys. Fun to see And so, all throughout my life, even like to this day, like if I go up there and I teach, like, in front of everybody, okay, I'm still pretty young, like, for doing that. So, you know, all the elderly people will come by and they'll be like, you did such a good job, Hunter. And my goal is to say, it was all God. It was all God. But for some reason, like, it's hard for me to say. It just feels embarrassing. It feels like um, I feel weird when I say it, okay? And there are certain things in your life that God does that it's hard to give credit to God for, okay? Whether it's my own pride or whether it's, you feel embarrassed. It's hard to give God credit. And so this guy, okay, he doesn't beat around the bush. And if there's if there is a if there is a people group to beat around the bush with, this would be the people group, right? These Jewish leaders. These would be the guys that you would want to say, Oh, you know, some dude, I you know, I I just I'm I'm healed. I don't know. I really don't know who it was. I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? But he doesn't do that. He's like, no, this is this is God. God did this in my life, and he's not embarrassed about it, and he's not fearful about it either, which is the next point we need to think about. Okay? He, this guy doesn't fear man. We can't overlook this. Okay, Look at verses 18 through like, uh, probably like 26, 27, somewhere in there. But let's look at it 
watch the flow, watch how his parents respond, and then watch how he responds. Okay, we already know his first response is, hey, this guy has to be a prophet. Okay, but let's continue to look. So the Jews, okay, these Jewish leaders, they did not believe it of him that he had been born blind. Okay, so they, they think, well, this, surely this guy's not born blind. Okay, maybe this is some sort of trick. He couldn't have been born blind. So they don't think he was blind and received his sight until they called his parents, the very ones uh, of the very one who had received his sight. And they questioned them, saying, Is this your son whom you saw born blind? How does he now see? Okay, now look at the parents' answer. His parents answered and said to and said to them, We know that this is our son. We know that he was born blind. But how he sees, we do not know, or who opened his eyes? We do not know. Ask him, for he is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So, for starters, we're going to read a little bit more in a second, but for starters, look at his parents' answer. Okay, why did they answer the way he did? They did. It says in verse 22. Because they were afraid. They were afraid of the Jews. Now, now they didn't even have to. Because look at it. Why would why would somebody be put out of the synagogue? It says in verse 22 right there. Yeah. So if anybody says that Jesus is the Messiah. Jewish leaders are going to throw him out of the synagogue or not let him come back into the synagogue. That's a place where they worshipped. Everybody wanted to be in there, right? Uh, so you didn't want to be cast out of the synagogue. Okay, so these parents, they didn't, even have to, they didn't even have to say he was the Messiah. They could have said, well, this guy Jesus healed him. But they're so afraid of these Jewish leaders that they're just like, they don't even answer him. It's like, well, we know our son was born blind and that he's, it seems like he's seen now, but I have no, we don't have any idea about any of it. We just don't even know. And they did that because they were afraid. They're afraid of what people would think about them if they were thrown out of the synagogue. They're afraid of what their reputation would be if they're not in the synagogue anymore. They're afraid of not being able to go to the synagogue. They're, you know what I mean? They're afraid of all these things. Okay? Because these Jewish leaders, um, well, they, just, they, have, they have fear on people because it's, it's basically your reputation okay, as a Jewish man or woman. So they're, they're, they're fearful. Okay? But let's look at the guy, uh, the man born blind, because they bring him in a second time. Look at verse 24. So a second time they called the man in who had been born blind and said to him, Give God glory. We know that this man is a sinner. All right, first off, he's already giving God glory, right? He's, already, he's the one saying this is of God. Okay? But these guys, they don't actually want the glory of God. They want people to glorify them, and they want people to think that that's glorifying God because they're religious leaders. Okay, so they're using the religion to say, if you glorify me, you're glorifying God. So glorify God and agree with us and tell us that we're right and we're religious and this guy's not. That's what they're saying. Okay, they're using, uh, we could say, it wouldn't be Christian back then, but they're using Christianese. They're using uh, religious language to try and make people glorify them. Okay, that's what they're doing. Okay, so they say, glorify God. We know that this man's a sinner. They're talking about Jesus there. Is Jesus a sinner? Wow, you guys are on point today. Is Jesus a sinner? No. No, okay? He's not. But they're, they're saying, we know this guy is. We know Jesus is a sinner. So the guy answers him. And, and think about, uh, okay, put yourself in this guy's position, okay? These are religious leaders. They can throw you out of the synagogue, whatever. 
they're they're also powerful people in one sense. Okay, they're still under Rome, but they're still very much leaders. Um, and just put yourself in this guy's position, and then think about how he says this, because his personality, I think, really comes out. He's pretty witty. Uh, I think he's got kind of a dry humor, and he's pretty sarcastic. Okay, with these guys. So let's look at it. So the guy answers. He says, "Whether he's a sinner, I do not know." Okay, and if you stop right there, you're like, "Okay, maybe this guy's like giving in, and he's kind of afraid of him." So he's like, "Oh, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. Uh, you, you guys know more about that than I do." But remember, no one. Jesus hasn't hasn't presented himself to him like as a Messiah yet. He will in a minute, but he just knows he's from God, right? And so every man is a sinner. And so if he was just a regular old prophet, then he would be a sinner. So this guy's like, I, well, I don't know if he's a sinner, and I don't know what you're talking about there. Okay? But one thing I do know, that I was blind and now I see. And he'll get more specific as they ask him more questions. So look at verse 26. So they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Okay? Have they already asked him that? Has he already told, has he already told them that? Yeah, so what are they trying to do? What did you say, Wiley? Yeah, they're trying to get him to change his story. They're trying to get him to say, well, you know what? I, I have actually kind of been able to see a little bit. It's just been bad vision my whole life. And not, or they're trying to get him to say, well, I don't know. I don't, it may not have been Jesus, actually, you know, that, that I'm thinking about it. You know, this, you know, they would rather him, probably rather him say some witch doctor did it than Jesus did it because they, they do not want people following Jesus. They do not want him to be claimed as Messiah, right? And they hate him. They're ready to kill him. Okay? And so they want him to say anything other than Jesus healed me. Okay? And go on. This is, this is verse 27. He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. <laughs> and listen to this. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? <laughs> and like to me, I love that because he's like, does he know that they don't want to be his disciples? Yeah, they know that he, they, he, they hate Jesus. They know that he was brought before them because they're mad at Jesus for doing it on the Sabbath. They know, I mean, they just said, give God glory. We know this guy's a sinner. They're, and what they're saying by that is not, you know, he knows that they don't, um, they don't want anything to do with Jesus. So he's like, you want to become their, his disciples? You want to become his disciples too? Um, and so... He's just doing that, I think, kind of to be witty and to aggravate them. Okay? But then verse 28. And they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as far as this man, we do not know where he is or where he comes from. Okay, So we don't know where this guy is or where he comes from. And look at his answer. Okay, verse 30. The man answered and said to them, Well, here's an amazing thing that you don't know where he is from, and yet he opened my eyes. You know what he's saying? He's saying, wow, this is crazy because you guys claim to be the religious leaders all over all of Israel, and here's a guy that's able to open a man's eyes that was born blind. You don't even know where he came from? You're telling me you don't even know where he came from? This is, this is crazy. Okay? And uh, he's, he's, I mean, I think that's kind of a witty answer there. Okay? But go on, verse 31. We know that God does not hear sinners. Okay, we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is God fearing, uh, He does His will and He hears Him. Okay, and we're going to look at verse thirty-one again in a second. But basically, what we see this guy answering is that he's not afraid to continue to say what that it's God that that did it. 
Okay, at this point, he's still saying it's God through a man that's doing it, but he's saying God is the one that's doing it. Okay, and these guys, they're, they're putting more and more pressure on him to try and get him to say what they want him to say, but he, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it, okay? And so we can be like that too and not fear man because, I mean, it's, obviously this, it's obvious this guy doesn't fear these Jewish leaders, right? And the reason he doesn't fear is because he knows the truth, and the truth is that God is the one that healed him, okay? I have a, another story for you. Okay, I went to this thing called Worldview Camp when I was in high school. I don't know. I must have been thinking about high school a lot because I got a lot of stories from high school this week. But uh, I went to this this camp called Worldview Camp, and one of the things that you had to do at Worldview Camp is to go street witnessing uh, with a group of people, and it was like on a college campus. Okay, and so we went out and we uh, we decided street witness, and there's this guy. I, I got this picture of this guy because this is kind of what he looked like. Um, he looked a little more English than this even maybe, but he had a pipe. He was smoking a pipe, he had a cane, and he was sitting on a bench. And he had a hat on kind of like that and like a vest and everything. And so I went up to him and I'm like, okay, this guy is going to be easy to talk to, surely. Okay, he looks super nice. So I went up to him and I'm, I'm going to share the gospel. This is like, I haven't done this very often. And I get like five words in and he stands up with his cane, takes his pipe out of his mouth and just starts cussing at me and yelling at me. Okay, and I'm like... Because I'm like in high school, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I was very scared beforehand that that would happen to me. And then it happened to me. And actually the rest of the time I was true and I wasn't scared about it anymore, right? Because he reviled me or whatever. And, it, and, it, and I was like, hey, if that's the worst that's going to happen, that's the worst that's going to happen. But the reason I share that is just because there are things in our life that we are scared to do, whether it's we fear man or whatever. But... We, we, are fear, we fear because we fear what man thinks about us, what they'll do to us, what boxes they'll put us in or whatever. We get scared. It's like street witnessing. We get scared to go street witnessing because we think somebody's going to, you know, think poorly of us or whatever, think we're some religious guy or whatever. And so a lot of times we let that stop us from speaking the truth. Okay, And it's not just in street witnessing. It's in everything, right? It's like, it's like after... You know, a lesson, somebody comes up to me and they say, you did a really good job. Why, why in the world am I scared to say, well, it was all God? But I am, because I think people will think I'm weird if I say that. Because you're sure supposed to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just little things like that that we're like, we're just, we're just fear. I mean, it's just fear in our life, fear of man, and we fear man more than we do God. This guy doesn't. He doesn't fear man more than God. Okay, he doesn't because of the way he acts and because of the things he says. Okay, and the final thing that he does, okay, after... <coughs> Um, after we see that he gives God glory and credit, uh, and we see that he doesn't fear man, he also upholds uh, the truth. Upholds the truth. So look again at verse 31. He says, We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is uh, God-fearing, he does his will and he hears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone has opened the eyes of a person born blind. Uh, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and you are teaching us? So they put him out. Okay, so this first thing, he's upholding truth here, okay, and he upholds truth as he continues on, but he upholds truth here because he says, he gives God credit, he continues to give God credit, and he's like, no, this has to be of God. This is a good thing, this is the, you know, whatever. This is of God, okay, and I've got a, it's kind of, this first one's kind of confusing. It says, God does not hear sinners, is what this guy is saying, but if anyone is God-fearing, he does as well. I have this quote for you, uh, and I, I just like it. I think it was a good quote, but it says, perhaps the only question that might be raised concerning the man's uh, generalized statement that God does not listen to sinners 
The statement certainly is capable of horrendous misunderstanding. That means like people can misuse it or misunderstand the statement that uh, God does not listen to sinners. Um, but that statement is quickly clarified so that the real, reader realizes that what the man meant is that the work of God, or in the work of God, human obedience is a crucial element in genuine partnership with God. So basically what he's saying, what this guy, this quote is saying is that this guy is saying that Jesus was obeying God, therefore God is using him. Okay, that's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, he doesn't know he's a Messiah at this point, right? He doesn't know he is God. But he says, this prophet, this guy, he's obeying God. God is using that. And you guys are ignoring it. Okay? It's, he's not claiming to be of the devil. He's not claiming to be witty. He's claiming to be of God, and God is using him. Okay? And you guys are not willing to see that. And so he's willing to stand the truth. Okay? And then look at what they say in verse 34. Say, this man, or they answered him, You were born entirely of sins, and yet you are teaching us? So they put him out of the synagogue. Okay, what do they mean, you were born entirely in sin? Okay, yeah, that, and they think because he was born blind, it was because of personal sin. But what did Jesus say about that last week? It wasn't personal sin, right? Yeah, it was, it was because he wanted the works of God to be seen. So they're saying that he was born blind because of personal sin. Okay, and they said, but you're trying to teach us? And honestly, the fact is that this guy probably could have taught them. Okay, the common man who was changed by Jesus probably could have taught them a lot because they were too prideful. Uh, to look at things in the right the right way, okay. Um, so then we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. But I got thirty five through thirty nine. This is the encounter with Jesus that we see, okay. And he upholds the truth, and then when he hears the truth right here, it's I, I guess it's not really upholding it, but he believes it and he listens to it, okay. Uh, he doesn't ignore it. Had Jesus heard that they had put him out and finding him, he said, "Do you believe in the Son of Man?" And he answered. Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? So this guy obviously doesn't know Jesus as Messiah yet. He uses the Son of Man. That's from Daniel. That's the Messiah. Okay, so he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? He's like, I don't even know who this guy is. Who is he? I'll believe in him. Okay, and Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and he is the one talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. So this guy believes in Jesus as Messiah, believes in him uh, for life, and he gets it. And so, again, I think this, this whole passage... We see so much of this guy standing for the truth and standing for what it is. He believes the truth when it's presented to him, uh, and we can take example from that. Okay, Verse 39, uh, we're going to end on verse 39, and then we'll wrap it up. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into the world, so that those who do not see may see, and that, and that those who see may become blind. And this one kind of seems a little weird too. right? So Jesus came into the world uh, so that those who do not see may see and that those who see may become blind. Okay, and what does he mean by that? Is he making people blind? Obviously, he's talking spiritual here, right? Not physical, but he's using the physical example of the man becoming, uh, or being able to see, being more blind, being able to see. He's using that physical example to show spiritual truth. Okay, and that spiritual truth is this. Okay, we're all blind, right? We're all blind. And Jesus gives us sight spiritually. Okay, we can believe in him for eternity. He came. He, he does that. Okay, So we're the blind. He makes us see. But when Jesus came, He also showed the fraud of the Jewish leaders who looked like they had it all figured out. They looked like they, they were the seeing ones. Okay, and what, He's not saying He came so that those people wouldn't be saved. He's saying He came because the people that think they have it all figured out on their own, they're going to be shown as the blind ones. 
they're going to be seen as the blind ones because they think they have it all on their own, and they don't. They need Jesus. They need God, right? And so he shows the fraud of these guys because they think they have it all figured out. They think that they're the seen ones. And at the time, okay, all the Jewish people thought they were the seen ones. I mean, not all of them. Okay, We know not all of them. But a lot of the Jewish people were following them, thinking these guys are the ones who are seen. These guys are the light. This is the way. When really, it wasn't. Okay, And when Jesus came, He showed how blind they really were. Does that make sense? And so I, that's what He's saying here, I think, is that you know, all of us are blind, and He came so that all may see. But He also, when He came, those ones who see, you know, and when He says see, He means the ones who are thinking that they see. They're the ones who are actually shown to be blind. Okay, and so throughout all this thing, okay, this whole like sixth sign, okay, we see this guy, he's healed, and he starts giving glory to God right away. He continues to give glory to God. He he doesn't fear the people around him. He doesn't fear his neighbors at the start, like last week. But he doesn't fear the religious leaders. He says the truth no matter what. Okay, and he believes the truth. Okay, and so for us. That's what we can do too. Okay, I have a couple questions for us. Do you praise and thank God publicly? Okay, because a lot of times in our life, like I said, it's really easy to like praise and thank God in our own mind. Oh, that's hard too, but like we praise and thank God in our own mind for something that happened, but we don't do it publicly. We don't do it in front of people. Like this guy, as soon as he's asked, he said, no, it's God. You know, I, who do you think this guy was that healed you? Well, he's a prophet from God. I mean, it's, it's from God. God's healed the one healing me. That's the only way. Like he's he's not afraid to stand up and say what happened and what was true, uh, regardless of what was what was going to happen to him. And so for us, in the little areas of our life, okay, if you're praying for something and it happens, we tend to forget it really quick, right? Instead of continuing to sing the praises of God and say, "Well, God's the one who did this," okay. So we can thank and praise God publicly like He did. You can live right and do right publicly, okay? Like. Um, you know, this guy, his, his is more about speech, but he he's, looks like the kind of guy who's doing right no matter what, right? Because he's, he's speaking right no matter what. And so uh, our lives can be a testimony if we live right and do it publicly, and we can speak the truth publicly like he did. Okay? And that, that goes back to sharing the gospel. That goes back to telling other people um, just the truth about God. Okay? Sometimes people may want to get advice from you, and those people may not be like super Christian or whatever, but like they need they need biblical advice. They need advice from the Bible, and we may not like we may feel embarrassed to give them Bible advice or to tell them that this comes from the Bible or here's what Jesus said. You know what I mean? Um, there's just a lot of times in our life, just depending on who we're around, when the fear of man can really impact uh, who we are. So I have this verse for you. Oh, okay, actually I have this first. I forgot about this. Okay, so if God is who He is, and He does what He does, then we should be actively speaking and pray, uh, speaking His praises all day long. Okay, if God is who He is and does what He does, then we should be actively speaking His praises all day long. And this is the verse that goes with that. And this is from Psalm. It says, Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Let the Lord be glad in His works. He looks at the earth and, he tr- and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Let my meditation be pleasing to Him. As for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. 
Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Blessed be the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Okay, We should be giving glory to God, be praising God for everything in our life, because who ultimately is the one that's doing everything in our life? God. God, He's working it. Okay, He's working in our lives. And, you know, if we're sitting here, if you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, well, God really doesn't work in my life. And then you need to start thinking about that and start looking at your life a little closer to see what God is doing because He is working in your life. Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you have any questions about this lesson or any of the other True to the Bible podcasts, don't hesitate to contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you join us for our next lesson.